We talk about the three weeks. We talk about Chorban Beis Migdash. It's a little bit of a, a foreign concept to a lot of us. We don't really understand Chorban Beis Migdash. Ah, I don't know. It's not a gear to us. We, we never saw it. We never even saw a real picture. What does it mean? What does it mean to us? Like, come on. You know, give us an understanding of what it used to look like. And then maybe we can picture in our minds some, some level of understanding that maybe when it comes to Shivas Sabatamas, it comes to Bein HaMetzorib, it comes to the, all the ha- halachas of Avelis and everything else. And of course, Tishabav, which Be'ez HaShem we won't have this year, at least we can have some understanding. So I want to give you just a couple of ideas uh, from some of the Svarim HaKadoshim that they bring down to what Yerushalayim used to look like. And when you look at this and suddenly you think to yourself, wow, that's what Yushalayim used to look like? That's incredible. That's amazing. It changes, it changes the whole, the whole situation. It really does. Now, you have to understand, there was a Beis HaMikdosh, obviously, but bef- besides the Beis HaMikdosh, there were actually 480 shuls in Yushalayim, Koydem HaChorban. Now, each of the shuls was a community in its own right, with its own chinuch system, and with all children learning in that mahalach. So basically, that means there were 480 shuls, with 480 chadorim learning as well. And everything was destroyed. When Yushalayim was destroyed, it wasn't just the Beis HaMikdash, it was everything including. Could you imagine, Yushalayim itself contained 480 separate kehillas in Kalal Yisrael, Right? And, and each of them was enough to basically for a separate school of Mishnayis and, 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 and Mishnah and Mikra and Gemara. It was incredible. It was just incredible. You know, if you want to go through the amount of people living in Yishalayim, the, 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 the numbers are, are mind-boggling. Right? Just uh, go, go for example, if you go through the Eitz Yosef, he brings down, he paints a picture of what Yishalayim used to look like. Right? You look at, you, you think about the population of Yishalayim now to what it used to be. It's a different world. A different world. Chazal tell us that in Yerushalayim, there were 24 main squares. Main squares are the place where, where all the people used to make markets, used to make all sorts of things over there. Each square had 24 main thoroughways leading to it. Each main thoroughway had 24 smaller streets. And from each of the smaller streets, you could reach... 24 smaller pathways. Hope you guys are following the maths. Each one of the smaller pathways had 24 courtyards, one second, and each courtyard had 24 homes. That means, if you make the cheshben, passing through these courtyards with every single day was double the amount of people that left Mitzrayim. Right, the, the Medrash, Let, let's make the Cheshman, okay? Rabbi said, bear with me, bear with me. Yitzhi, I know you have a question, bear with me. I want to try to understand this, okay? Every one of the 24 squares had 24 main thoroughways. That means, Yerushalayim had 576 main roads. Each one of the roads had 24 side roads. That means there were how many side roads? Anybody make the math? 18,824 side roads in Yerushalayim. Every one of those roads had 24 smaller passageways, which basically were up to how many? 
I don't know if you guys already lost the Cheshbon of Ainu, you have to Google it. 331,776 passageways. The 24 courtyard that came out of each of these leads us with how many? That's right. 7,962,624 courtyards. Make a Cheshbon. If each of these had 24 houses, how many houses were there in Yerushalayim? Make the Cheshbon. It is lost. 191,102,976 homes in Yerushalayim, Irhakodesh. Isn't that incredible? Now, we all, how are you going to tell me? Oh, come on! I've driven Yerushalayim, I've gone up to Tzvas, and I've seen what it's all about. I've gone all the way down to Dead Sea. I even did Yam Li Yam. Come on! I know what it's all about. It's impossible. So we all know the Gemari Gittin, Nun Zayin. But the Gemari Gittin tells us that, Klali, that Eretz Yisrael is like the deer. What does it mean it's like the deer? It says the Gemari that the skin of the deer... When you take the skin off the day, you remember what we guys, um, Avi, you were with us. Aaron Saxton, you were with us. We went to Mezbush. What a tremendous time. What a memory. We have to go back, Be'ez Hashem. We have to make a reunion. Be'ez Hashem. One day the Rebunsha will give us the Yatashma and we'll go back. You, we had those skins of the animals, yeah? So when you take a skin off the animal, it fits, obviously, because you just took it off the animal. Try and put it back on. It's just not going to work. Says the Gemurian Gittin and Zayin, that's what Clarice, that's what Eretz saw look like. It sure looked way too small, but it managed to contain everyone. It was incredible. Now, I just want to point this out. Apart from being, you know, Yerushalayim was the home to basically 200 million people. The, you know how many visitors, there, you know how many tourists that were coming into Yerushalayim every single day? Double the amount that went out of Mitzrayim went in and out of these courtyards every single day. Make the cheshman, guys. If 600,000 people went out of Mitzrayim, soon 1,200,000 went in and out of these courtyards in Yerushalayim every single day. I've lost the maths. I've totally lost the maths. But um, I'll tell you what, the, the, the figure that I have, which I don't even know what this is. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm bad at maths. But this is really, really out of my league. Okay? 9, comma, 555, comma, 148, comma, 800, comma, 8000. Is that 9 billion? Maybe. I don't know what that is, but it's way more than millions. I don't know what that is, but if you figure that out, you're talking about a lot of people traveling backwards and forwards the whole time. That, that is a tremendous amount of people. You're dealing with a tremendous amount of people going backwards and forwards over there. This is what was going on. Now, when people came to Shalayim, they didn't just show up to Shalayim. People came with 200 camels. Can you imagine 200 camels? That, that, they weren't just camels. These camels were, were, were laden with vegetables and spices and all sorts of things over there, right? How much can an average camel hold? Hello? 30 saw. 200 liters. So that means one person's camels were basically carrying 40,000 liters of peppers for spicing food. This is what he's bringing to Yerushalayim. Could, could you imagine what's going on over here? This, this is what's going on to Yerushalayim. This is what's going on on a daily basis, right? I'll give you another example, right? How many Kahanim were in the Beis HaMikdash? At, at one time. So, 
the Kahanim basically were approximately, should we say about 5% of the population, right? So if we multiply the number of Kahanim that worked in the Mishkan, in the Mikdash, we can get an idea of the general population. Right? Chazal tell us, um, they were trying to do the same calculation to figure out how many people lived in Yerushalayim during the time of Shlomo Amelech, right? Echel goes through this, Echel Rabbah Perikalov goes through this whole thing. And this is what they say, right? On the day the Beis Amigdosh was dedicated, Shlomo Amelech brought 22,000 oil offerings and 120 sheep. The Mishnah in Yuma tells us that we find that every oil carbon required 24 Gehanim. So to bring the sheep, right, the elim, you needed 11 kahanim. So now you can figure it out. 22,000 animals were sacrificed, each of them using 24 kahanim. That means for these korbonas alone, there were five, 528,000 kahanim serving the Bishamikdash. They also brought 120,000 sheep. Now each of those used 11 kahanim. That means there were 1,320,000 Kahanim, taking care of those korbanos, add the two numbers together, how much do we have? Hello? 1,848,000. That, that, that's a lot of Kahanim going on over here. This is, this is serious. This, this is Yushalayim. Yushalayim was the center of Chachma for the whole world. Right, the, 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 the wisest people in the country, in the world, would come to the people in Yushalayim. Because they realized that this is where Chachma comes from. And this was all lost during the Chorban. The Chorban Beis HaMikdash wasn't just the Beis HaMikdash being lost. It was all of this wiped out. The population, the houses, the shuls, the children. Everything going on over there was incredible. I'll give you an example. The Medrash in Eicha Rabbah tells us an incredible Misa. Incredible Misa. Tells us a man from Yushalayim traveled to a faraway land, to do some business, on the other side of sea, he needed to do business, when he got there, he realized, I think I'm going to die, he could feel that he's going to die, apart from that, he was worried about everything, that he owned, how could he make sure, that everything he owned, ended up in the correct place, so he went to the innkeeper, where he was staying, and, he convinced him, that he was an upright person, he said, listen, after I die, my son is going to come here, because I told him where I'm staying. So he's obviously naturally going to come to the place where I was staying. He's going to ask for all of my things. You must give him all my things. And I trust you to give him all my things. But I was worried that if I go, you know, if I pass away, someone might pretend to be my son to claim the Yerusha, right? All the money that I have made for my business. So before I left, I made up with my son. That if for any reason I don't come home, go to the place where I stayed and give three signs. Okay. Three signs, and this will show that you are my son. And you'll get the money, you'll get all the Yerusha. So, like this, he tells the innkeeper, if somebody comes here compl- uh, claiming that he's my son, check with him the following three simonim, and then give him all the money, right? Because ca- in those days, when they traveled, they used to carry all the money with them because they make sort of business deals. So he carried all the money with him. He had all his Yerusha there. So obviously the son wanted the Yerusha, right? So he would come. And he didn't want to make sure he gave it to the wrong person. So there were three simonim that he made. Fine. He can show you three, t- what's him on him? So he said, what's him on him? Three simonim that he's a chacham, that he's wise. Okay, the innkeeper said that's a great deal. The innkeeper agreed to the deal. Soon after, the businessman from Yerushalayim unfortunately passed away, as he said. And then, a man came saying, was my father here? And he said, who's your father? He said a few things. And he said, okay. So he said, okay, very good. 
So he, he, he had an obstacle. He had to find where was his father staying, right? right? Basically going to a city. And um, he had to try and find where his father was staying by overcoming a city where the normal practice in that city was that you're not allowed to give directions to a stranger where somebody lived, right? Why that was so? The Medrash says they were worried about guests. So they, they said they shouldn't do this. So the son came to where his father was, and he wanted to get directions, but nobody would give him directions. Because in that place, the meaning was, we don't give directions. So he was stuck. He had to figure out where the inn was, on his own, using the intelligence of someone that came from Mishalim. So he went to the gates of the city, he saw a porter, carrying a load of wood. He said, is that load of wood for sale? And he said, yes it is. So he bought it. He said, please take me to the inn that I'm looking for. So the, the, the porter said, okay, no problem, he didn't figure it out, and the son was, you know, going behind him. The porter called to the innkeeper, that he said, the innkeeper, uh, the wood that you uh, ordered has arrived. The innkeeper's like, I didn't order any wood, what are you talking about? The son had obviously ordered it for the innkeeper, right? So he pointed to the man, he said, what do you mean? He told me that he ordered the wood for you, what, what's going on over here? Something weird over here. So the innkeeper understood, ah, simon number one, that he's a chacham, because nobody would give him instructions. So how did he get here? He ordered wood for the inn, and then he said, let me make sure you deliver it, I want to go after you. And that was simon number one, says the medrash in medrash in Eicharaba, that he was a chacham, and therefore, he passed simon number one. Okay, so he's done one. He needs three, remember, right? To get the Yerusha, he needs three. Okay, so he gave him a Shalom Aleichem. The innkeeper said, come inside. Would you like something to eat? He said, sure, I'm starving, no problem. So the innkeeper said, do me a favor. I need you to help me out. And would you feed my hens? Now, the problem were as follows. Listen carefully. Again, this is all a medrash in Eicha Rabba. There were five hens and seven people eating. Right, there was the innkeeper. The innkeeper's wife, his two sons, two daughters, and the guest. Seven people eating, and you got five hens. So the visitor tried basically to get out of the job, but the innkeeper said, no, 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 no. Please, you divide the portions. Now, he remembered Baruch Hashem, a Gemara in Psachim, Pevov, where the Gemara says in Psachim over there, that you have to do whatever the Balabais tells you to do. So the Balabais just told him to go and feed the chickens. That's what he has to do. So he had no choice. This guy from Yushalayim had to go now feed the chickens and figure out how much to give to each one. Now he had a problem. Basically, he figured out that he has to give the chickens to the human beings, right? You know, he's going to shech them and give each one. He couldn't give the man and his wife each one chicken, one for the boys to slip, to split, one for the girls to split, and one for himself, because that doesn't really... That's not good manners to take a whole one for himself, right? Remember, there are five chickens... Seven people. So one for the man and his wife, one for the two boys, one for the two girls, and one for himself. That's also not going to work, right? You can't do that. Everyone else gets a half and you get a whole, right? You can't do that. So, or at least the father and the, the innkeeper and his wife can get a whole one each. That would make five. But him and, and the children get a half each. That's not, that's not good manners. If he gave the two boys a whole one and the girls would split it, that also wouldn't work. So he figured out a solution, okay? This was the solution that he figured out. He put one in front of the couple, one in front of the two boys, and one in front of the girl, and he kept two for himself. Now, the innkeeper was like, hold on a minute. You just, you just kept two for yourself. That's ridiculous. That's not the right way of doing it, especially as you came from Yushalayim, and Yushalayim was supposed to be very, very upright people. It doesn't make sense, but he was silent. 
When it came the time for the night, came time for the meal, the guest was asked to divide the food again. This time again, it was whole roasted chicken. The host again was witness to something we found very, very strange. After the man said, no, 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 I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. He said, you have to do it. He did divided it. How did he divide it? The head of the bird he gave to the innkeeper. The innards of the animal he gave to the wife. The legs went to the son and the wings went to the daughter. And the body he took for himself. This time the innkeeper said, hold on a minute. That's ridiculous. This morning, when he divided the meal in a weird way, I didn't say a word. But now you do it as well. You keep all the good stuff for yourself and give us a little pieces of it. You have to explain what you're doing. He says, I want to explain to you that I shouldn't be the one dividing the food. But I couldn't refuse you and, you know, you told me to do it. You served five chickens. And I made a calculation. If I give you and your wife one, then together you're three. The same with your sons. The same with your daughters. Now, since we know that there's a danger in pairs, I didn't want to leave even one pair on the table, so I divided as I did, making the last two equal to me, and that's three. And this way, there were no two, pe- two pairs together, zugois, and that shouldn't be done. And he said the same thing also with the later meal. When you're the head of the household, so you got the head, right? It's a blessing that you should lead the household for many, many years. Your wife, who bears children, she got the innards. That's tremendous. Your sons who keep the house standing on its feet, they should continue. They were given the feet. Your daughters that are here until they get married and build their own nest with their husband, they got the wings because they fly off. And therefore the body, without the head, without the innards, without the legs, without the wings, looks like a boat. I came in a boat, and I want to return in a boat to a near future. And that's when he finished this, the innkeeper was that, that is incredible. You passed all this him on him, and you showed how wise it is. What is the Medrash doing? What a weird story. But the Medrash is telling us, this was Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim, and this was the glory of Yerushalayim, the Malchas of Yerushalayim. People over there had such chokhmah. And the Medrash, you should know, continues, which I'm not going to go into, but the Medrash goes on and on and on to explain what Yerushalayim was. In other words, when we sit on regular chairs, on Shiva Subhatamas, and eventually, which Amit Hashem this year won't be Nagaya, but if Chas Vashon and we have a Tishabav and we sit on our floor on Tishabav, we should think not only about the building of the base Amigdash and what happened on Tishabav, but we should look at the whole Yerushalayim. We should look at the population. We should look at what happened. We should look at what we are missing. Where would we be now? With the Shechina, with Korbanus, with the Urim Vatumim, with the Avoida, with the Korbanus, with the Kapora, with everything. There's so much that we're missing. The problem is we don't realize we're missing it. The day of a fast day, the day of the Bein HaMetzorim, the purpose for all the Avelis and all the Halachas that we're going to discuss and go into. Why? What? Where? Or for what purpose? To make life uncomfortable? To make us suffer? Chas v'shalom. Klali Yisrael are not a religion of suffering. A religion of simcha. A religion of happiness. Of gishmak. Of akoras atoiv. Of connection with the Rabbani Shalom. But there comes a time of the year that we have to stop and contemplate where we're holding, what we lost, what life used to look like. And the Ezer Hashem, if we want it enough, then the Rabbani Shalom will give us all of it back, but is our Shemis Baruch.